0: Who it by the way okay.
1: so uh, we're back after our quick break, and I wanted to go back to the question I had for you, uh, which was how you would think Byron would think about what the secret has become forty years later, the community, and where uh you know would he be excited about this kind of new, you know, um, uh, cult kind of following for it. And what do you think he would feel about the community as a whole?
0: Well, first of all, he would probably be ecstatic if it came back to life. I, why wouldn't he, it's, yeah. you know, <laughs> there are certain movies back in the forties that were actually, absolutely flops. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, 10 years later, you know, they become big hits. So yeah. I think he would have been happy. I know I I ran this by Sandy when I asked about selling prints and she said, of course, she said, I mean, Byron would probably would have done a sequel to the secret if it was, became this popular. (laughs) And then I could have shot digital. (laughs) So um, as far as the community You know, Byron loved people like I do, and I think you do as well. Uh, He didn't have a really a mean bone in his body. Uh, He really didn't. He tried to find good in everybody. Uh, I was sort of like that, not probably as much as him. (laughs) But uh, I think he really wouldn't have been happy. I mean, obviously, (laughs) Byron never really got to know facebook uh mm-hmm. but i think uh to have people talking about where things are buried where the cask is buried and why it's buried there and looking at lo- longitude and latitude and the history part of it and everything i think i think he would have loved it absolutely loved it but i think he also would have want everyone just be friendly with everybody and You know, it's sort of like a bunch of friends just getting together, talking about a book, almost like a book club in a way, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've never been in a book club, but I have friends that are in book clubs and they tell me these stories. So I can imagine that the that the secret would end up being a book club at some point. And it is sort of, you know, on Facebook.
1: Yeah. When you look back. um, Was Byron. uh fun to work for? Was he, was he a good boss? Did he crack? The well, I never him,
0: yeah. I never considered him a boss. He was a client, I guess, but <laughs> yeah, I never considered him a client either. I mean, he was so friendly,
1: yeah.
0: um, but he was great to work for. I mean, he, he was like, he fantasized a lot and, you know, he said, you know, he always let me, no matter what book project I worked on with him, and I worked on a number of them, you know, he always wanted my input mm-hmm. and then he would give me his input. And, you know, sometimes, we, you know, he would say, well, you could do it that way, but can you do it my way as well, which is what actors do as well in movies. I mean, sometimes an actor will do it his or her way. And then all of a sudden the director said, well, now could you go back to the script and do it the way I want it done? And sometimes the director might say, you know rando had a better idea maybe he didn't have a better idea right right and it was the same thing with me and even in my photography now when i when i'm hired by a client to do pictures and they want it done a certain way i say absolutely Mm -hmm. and then i usually shoot it my way (laughs) and a lot of times they go with my way not always but a lot of times they do because
1: yeah
0: you know people you know people that hire me aren't artists you know they're Mm They're manufacturers, they're real estate people, they're developers, they're scientists, they run a hospital. And so, you know, it's a compromise. Yeah. Most of the time.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, and you, it's all in the eye of the artist. And I, and I just, I I wanted to kind of see what it felt like to work for him Um It was great. I wanted to kind of clear the air for anyone that might have been
0: informed about
1: how he was to work for.
0: He was great to work for. I mean, if we went out on a shoot, we always, in the middle of the shoot, we probably usually grab a slice of pizza. Mm -hmm. That was his go-to food. It was probably my go-to food as well. I too. You know, pizza pizza is probably the biggest thing in in the country. I mean... It's easy to grab a slice on the run. Oh, it now, is it's the healthiest, but it's definitely the best. Um, very
1: good too, especially New York style.
0: New York style of pizza is very good. I I've had mm-hmm. Chicago. It's it's good. I still put New York ahead of Chicago on pizza.
1: I I, I but, will um, agree.
0: But you, you know, it's just a different type of pizza. It is. It, uh, is. it is different. Yeah, you know, but we worked on a lot of different projects together and. It was, I never had, we never had an argument. I mean, we might have had a disagreement on how to shoot something, but I don't consider that an argument. I consider that to be a very civilized way of discussing something. Yeah. You know?
1: Would, and I think some of the conversations we've had too in the past, um, you know, would it be typical of Byron to try to pay for things even out of his own pocket? for his artists and creators if he couldn't get the publisher to give over more money?
0: Uh, not so much on this project. There mm-hmm. were a couple of projects, you know. If he
1: uh, felt the project was like near, and you know, if he was, if he felt closer and compelled, I guess, with some things depending upon um, his passion.
0: Yeah. He would definitely mm-hmm. want to do more, you know, to help, to help the, you know, the photography along the way. Um,
1: also, but, I think Joellen had made a comment um, where he had taken her into a, a toy store and gotten her a couple of wooden toys, which wooden I thought toys, was really yeah, special. So yeah. Byron really had almost a childlike kind of personality and, and a whimsical personality in that way. I think maybe would you say the same?
0: Absolutely. In fact, he was an adult, but he was a child as well, (laughs) because I could just tell you this. When he would come over to my house and my kids were young, you know, Ivan was probably uh, maybe, I don't know, nine, ten years old and Harrison was probably four or five. He'd always bring comic books. Always, always, always. Occasionally, a couple of toys and his daughters would come over to our apartment and, you know, they play together and we did that and hit, you know, at his home, his apartment in the city. We did it mm-hmm. at his house on long Island. Um, he loved, he loved kids and he loved hanging out with kids. Because if you think about it, a lot of his books were geared for kids. So what better way to know what they want, but to sort of like be mm-hmm. a kid,
1: <laughs> right? And,
0: you know, and, Get into their brains a little bit about what they like at the moment when they're young
1: yeah i I too I know there's been some debates where people have said, well, but the secret book isn't really made for kids because it was written by national lampoon writers, but what I've also found, just from my own kind of um, you know study and research, is that the book, while touching on what would have been today's society, which is 1980, which is now 80s ephemera for us because it's been right. 40 years. Right. But I don't feel like the book comes across as inappropriate.
0: I don't think so at all. With
1: language or, no. No. you know, no. that kind of thing. I mean, I think it kind of kind of pokes fun at some of the vices that people have that aren't good for them.
0: Right. Um. You know, I haven't read every bit of the book. In fact, I haven't read a lot of the book, but I've skimmed it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Ted Mann and, and Sean Kelly, they were National national Lampoon writers, and they did a lot of, you know, stuff that it wouldn't be for kids. But in this case, mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything inappropriate in the book. Yeah. Um, I don't know how – I think – I don't know how much young kids can really get out of it because – um the writing's pretty difficult in many ways. And uh, mm-hmm. they might have liked the photographs, but, you know, for the photographs, they they might have liked the artwork that, you know, that John and John did, both Johns did. Mm-hmm. And also uh, Overton Lloyd mm-hmm. uh, did some really great stuff as well. He's sort of like forgotten a lot, but Overton Lloyd, a uh, very talented artist, very talented. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to meet him once. That was it. I never got to, you know, that's what I, I regret. Is that Joe Ellen and I were friendly for a couple of years when we worked on the book, and we got you know we saw each other occasionally because we worked on other projects together. We worked on the the, uh, the Secret of Cats and uh, and we worked on the Beach Boy book together. But I kind of wish we had hung out more together through the years. But such is life, you know.
1: Oh yeah, people life get busy. I had
0: a family, you know, and I had to work really mm-hmm. hard to you know. Yeah, sure my kids had everything they needed,
1: and it's hard to always be working on the same projects. It's
0: very hard. Reality. So it's I mean, to hard. get
1: that kind of—I mean—you'd have to be almost kind of like John Hughes, who takes um, Anthony Michael Thomas and puts him in every movie. You know?
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly.
1: <laughs> you have to be able to have that luxury with uh, working in congruency. With each other on every project, so I, I'm pretty sure that's that's probably normal. So exactly, wish you could have done that.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and I know that, I, and I guess too, when I think about when we look at the book as a whole, and we think about Byron's upbringing, you know, fundamentally, the way you are raised has a lot to do with who you become, right? Your characteristics of personality and, um, your morals, kind of your ethical thinking. Um, do you feel that Byron's upbringing of a more conservative Judaism kind of helped guide him with the projects he chose to do and what he would infuse them with?
0: Well, that's a tough question. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, he was raised He was raised well, I can tell you that. Um, mm-hmm. His mother was, uh, you know, he was an only child. Uh, and she made sure that he was a gentleman. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we'd go to meetings. He'd always have on a suit and a tie. Now, of course, it was 1980, and most, most guys did have suit and ties. But when you work with the artists, I mean, I didn't go around the suit and tie. And yeah. I went around jeans and a shirt and a sweater or whatever
1: yeah
0: uh but whenever he went into a meeting he always had on it you know a tie and a jacket but he loved taking it off also at the end of the day and you know relaxing too i could tell you that Um, so
1: um so he probably did not wear a suit and a tie when he was out burying boxes all over north america
0: i would tend to doubt it unless he had a dry cleaner really close to him i don't know i'm assuming assuming there was a lot of dirt you know (laughs) he's digging so
1: do you feel um, after the book had been released and uh, and it kind of didn't, I guess, sell as well, or the the treasure hunt didn't quite take off as he had hoped and planned? Did he ever kind of share with you over the years when people would still email him solutions and ask him about things? I mean, was it ever kind of like a topic of table conversation? Like, I oh, I got you know five letters in the mail the other day or, you know, was he ever really, um, because I get the sense from some of the things that the current cast holders have that, uh, he seemed a little kind of bemused when, you know, Andy Abrams and, you know, would come and be like, Hey, you know, we found this box and they met him in New York and, of course he's like rifling through things and and kind of sounded like he was um touched by it, but did he discuss like when he would get kind of interesting letters or anything of that nature when you guys would happen to
0: he really didn't um he mm-hmm. we really didn't talk about this book at yeah. all, yeah um you it was know, kind
1: of just another project, and just another project. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and
0: mm-hmm. I'm sure he got letters. Listen, I get emails. You know, when people found out who I was, I mean, I I still get emails. You know, I get at least one or two a month, and I used to get more. Um, you know, mm-hmm. hey, do you think so and so is buried here? Do you think you know mm-hmm. that this city is one of the cities, um, and m- You know, my standard answer really is, is Mm -hmm. I really don't know because I wasn't told anything about where things were buried. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so and Byron was very secretive about that. I mean, I'm and I'm assuming he was secretive to everyone else. You know, John Palenco, John Parade. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I, John Parade, I I sort of see occasionally because he um, sort of works with my son at Lincoln Mm -hmm. Center. Mm -hmm. and um, I've spoken to John a couple of times about it. And he said to me, he said, I didn't know anything. I was told to draw this. I was told to draw that. And that was it. Yeah. So. um,
1: And I think that's where we, as a community, I think struggle sometimes because people, I think, fail to, or maybe it's kind of an easy way out to want to try to get crumbs of information from the artists or the illustrators or the photographers, hoping they'll just give them that one little piece of information that will set them off in their theory. And this, you know, on the internet there are obviously fake profiles and things that promise things. And, and I, I just want to know, do we have to be leery of things like that? Because I really feel Byron would have wanted to be the only one to be any kind of giver of keys or, you know, benefits to where things are. And it seems like he valued the hunt that he created so much and the secrecy behind it that he stayed pretty tight lipped. Um, And would you, would you agree with that assumption that, you know, oftentimes, I mean, when we're looking at all the different chatter that there's, there's really not just one golden gatekeeper person, but that we have to all work through the hunt ourselves and that there's not going to be, um, specific, you know, extra hints or special dispensation, I guess you could say. Right for hunters.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that Byron was close-lipped about this. Um, I uh, I don't really have much more to say about that because you know, I Karen, as I told many, many people this many, many times. Oh yeah, it's he didn't talk about this after the book came out. He really didn't. Yeah. In fact, I got to tell you, when the first treasure, you know, when the first cast was found. Yeah, I don't think he mentioned it to me for quite a while. I think it might have been. Hey, by the way, Ben, did you know we found one of the <laughs> found one of the casts? You know, I mean, uh, I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, uh, you know, I talked to Andy Abrams about this when I met him last mm-hmm. year, and you know, because he asked me a lot of questions. You know, did you know this? Did you know that? And he's playing a lawyer because Andy's a lawyer. <laughs> but I said, Andy, I just don't know. And he would say, like, but that's one of your that's that's one of your best friends. (laughs) He was a good friend, but he just, you know, this is kept it quiet. I guess if you wanted to keep a secret with somebody, maybe Byron Price was the guy to keep a secret with. Because I know I have friends that I have told things to over the year, and sure enough they blab it to somebody, (laughs) you know. So
1: for sure, right? Like he sounds to me to be A really good keeper of secrets and um and I guess when we think about finding these casks too some people say well what what do we do if we if we're lucky enough to find one who do we contact and I know in some of the newer prints of the book it talks about reaching out to brick tower and sending them photos of whatever they've found uh, right. via email. Right. Um, and then would you say that that's probably the best route um, or, and, or could anyone shoot you an email through your, your website and say, Hey, I saw this too. And you can make sure that it, you know, it would get to whoever it's supposed to get to or, or Joellen. I mean,
0: okay. so I, I have an answer here, okay? Because I know there's there's these counterfeit books that have been made on Amazon. Yes. Um, I'm kind of surprised that Amazon allowed that to happen because it's basically published, you know, a publisher, Mm -hmm. uh, Bantam Books, which was the publisher. um, Though Bantam now does not exist anymore as a publishing house, which is kind of hard to believe. It's. But.
1: Yeah, it was bought out by Penguin. I I got to tell you.
0: Yeah. I can't answer that because I don't know who made these counterfeit books. Mm-hmm. Did Brick Tower make these books?
1: Yeah, I don't.
0: Now, I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> but
1: but we know some, right?
0: <laughs> right. But I, yeah, we know some. I have seven in my family, um, including my Welcome brother. Welcome the club. <laughs> um, but, you know, I would think it might be Brick Tower because they probably could legally do it since they now sort of own all that you know the secret and all these other books that were in the bankruptcy. I know very little about the bankruptcy I know I know he was going bankrupt, but I really cannot tell you until i'll be, I'll be honest with you I forgot the name was even Brick Tower at one point um which
1: but, bankruptcy is kind of a scary word in some senses, but not whenever you have like multiple businesses where you're maybe closing sure. one out or consolidating sure. one. And I, and I want to just clarify this for anybody listening or watching, because that's why there are different chapters for different things, you know, seven, 13, 11, you know, the list goes on. And so it's not, um, not necessarily a ding per se, but that maybe at the time would have been a better business move if he was moving and transitioning in a different Area, right. but sadly, he was uh, tragically passed, and so that would make more sense too for why, you know, Sandy would maybe not want to take on the responsibility of two companies if she's already managing her own. So, exactly, I feel like we, I, that has to be kind of said on behalf of um, Byron because it's you know not something of a failure so to speak, but that now something that had necessitated it.
0: So, I mean, I don't even know when uh, when the last cast was found uh, uh, in Boston, mm-hmm. uh, Did who did they contact? So, Jason Krupat reached
1: out to Josh Gates of Expedition Unknown, who is an awesome guy, by the way. You know mm-hmm. Josh. Yep. And uh, so, he had also said that if people wanted to email him directly with photographs of whatever it is, they have found that he could also get in touch with the people around the secret to help get them to meet with the family and give them the key and all of those things, which is what he had done um, for Jason. So I presume that's still another great Avenue too. But,
0: but you have to Josh, have, excuse me, did Josh contact Brick Tower or did he contact? I don't even know. I've never, I never asked Sandy to, to tell you the truth.
1: Yeah. Um, so, well, and we, and maybe we, and maybe she knows for or sure, we can ask Josh, but right. um, I had never asked Josh about that specific element. Although I do believe I remember us discussing it. Uh, but it's kind of left my mind uh, for <laughs> off the top of my head. But I think he said that he had reached out to. I think he said he did reach out to Brick Tower and and maybe even sent an email to Joellen to confirm it
0: Could be. Just so that
1: she could see the picture.
0: Right.
1: Um, I think that's what he says. But don't hold me to it. I'll have to re-ask him that.
0: Right, and Joellen, Ellen, I don't believe would confirm anything. Yeah, yeah,
1: except for if it looks like a piece of cask or something. Right, like. exactly,
0: exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah. So um, we know that
0: the cask yes, was broken be, coming up. Right, the last one was broken, correct?
1: Yeah, I think it yeah. was. I think no. they broke it no. trying to dig it out, but no. um, with an excavator. <laughs> yeah. so, so that was, you know, there was going to be some small pieces there, but. Uh, enough of at least the inside of a cask for the clock face to have a section of it where you could see the numbers. Actually, um, right. so that was helpful because then she could say, "Oh my gosh, yeah, that looks like it was painted. That's that looks like what I did." So right, um,
0: and the unfortunate thing is, some of them might have been buried in places that you know that could have been. Floods, hurricanes, fires. We don't know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. you know, I'm not saying that happened, but it's possible. And if that's the case, mm-hmm. those those casts will never be found.
1: Yeah. You know? Do you? Um. So I know there had been some chatter where people said that the gemstones had been sold off and, and bankruptcy and kind of these incorrect statements that have been made and just want to kind of clear that up that um that sandy still has the gems if a box gets found
0: i think she has them um i know at one point she said she did so yeah. um but i'm not so sure about she, now but i would yeah. think she still have them, but i just haven't asked her
1: um, yeah uh, no i yeah. i just I, I presumed i mean it was said you know josh gates had said that Right. She had said she had still had them. She and the girls had had them, and so um, should another box be found. Um, But I thought I just wanted to make sure I I understood that to be true. That yeah, you can still, you know, if you get lucky enough to find it, that there is that that reward. But I don't think people are all wrapped up around getting a gemstone, so to speak. I think the real Competition now is to be able to think like Byron.
0: Would you say that's a fair assumption? Uh, I would think that was that would be the way to think, mm-hmm. uh, but most of these most people that are that are trying to find this at cask is they didn't know Byron, so it's it's hard to really say for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could say about that really.
1: So when you say. People probably didn't really know Byron. Can you tell us some of the things that you know that he loved?
0: I'm sorry. Know things that, that he loved? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. A little bit about his personality. And okay. as we're learning about, he loved comic books. He loved reading. Loved
0: comic books. books. He had a collection that was pretty incredible. Um, he also loved, well, first of all, he loved his family. He loved his girls all three of them, Sandy, Cara, and Blair, mm-hmm. very much. Uh, must be tough being the guy with three girls in the family. <laughs> I can't imagine. But um, he loved the Beach Boys.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He was a big Beach Boy freak. We ended up doing – I ended up working on a book with him about the Beach Boys. I shot a couple of, of sculptures that um, that Joellen did for the book. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't work on the whole book, just a couple of photographs. Yeah, I uh,
1: have that book, actually. I did. Oh, yeah. It's right back there. Yeah. Right there. The Beach Boys. I'll pull it off my shelf.
0: Yeah, I got that. Yep, I got that book as well.
1: <laughs> yep,
0: yep. Uh, I think I have two copies. I don't even have two copies of The Secret. <laughs> well, you my need brother, more. My brother actually offered me his copy of The Secret when I saw him in Maine this summer. And it's in great condition. Oh, I said, I said, Michael. It's in great condition. He said, Ben. I didn't even looked at it. I looked at <laughs> your name. That was about it. So he said, I said, he said, take it. I said, no. I want you to hold on to it because I think it will probably stay in better condition with you than with me. That's right. So, uh,
1: <laughs> well, I, you know that that was probably some wise words. Um, it, he probably didn't realize it was going to turn into kind of a a a very treasure trove highly sought after book that people are trying to still find the original copies for. Um, and you know, because whenever you're looking at it, I mean, it's got some really great, uh, great photographs in it and some really pretty, you know, oh yeah.
0: nice. Yeah, I, I love the artwork. The, the paintings are amazing. Yeah. Actually amazing.
1: I mean, just really neat. Uh, so tell me real quick. I won't keep you we're getting, <laughs> getting short here on some time, uh, but I want to know, can we get more of these photos that you've done in the book? You can. And, where, and, and I think, didn't you say this is something you're doing special for Byron's legacy with the
0: exactly, DJ. exactly. I'm giving a, I'm giving 18% of the proceeds to the UJA, mm-hmm. the United Jewish Appeal. 18 is a very significant n- number. 18 is the number. It's like Lachaim to life. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm doing that. But so the so those pictures are available. Not all of them. Uh, I can't remember how many I have up there. I might have them right around 30. Mm-hmm. Um, as so
1: you're wonderful. digging them out and finding, yeah, yeah, and I have
0: them three different sizes to buy, and they're limited. You know, they're limited editions, and I'm signing them. And if people want me to write something personal to them, I, I will do that. I make the prints right here in my den, mm-hmm. so they're all made by me and shipped out by me and signed by me. Awesome. Uh, the thing is, is that the one picture that's really bothers me is that I cannot find the joke fiend. Oh. Which I shot with the famous one line comedian Henny Youngman. Take my wife, please. Take my
1: wife, please. He was that's probably right.
0: on about 50 or 60 shows of the Ed Sullivan show back in the day. The same TV show that the Beatles were introduced in 1964. That's amazing. So um, so that's really bothering me. I've searched everywhere. I I keep thinking maybe I never got it back. Mm-hmm. It's possible. Yeah, I actually think I probably shot that as a 35 millimeter slide only because Henny Youngman was a celebrity mm-hmm. Uh of some, you know, he was pretty well known. He was on Johnny Carson all the time and all these other shows. Mm-hmm. And I just can't find it. I've looked everywhere. I mean, I've looked in folders that had nothing to do with the secret. <laughs> and I, So I'm thinking maybe I never got back that film from Byron and mm-hmm. maybe it's Brick Tower has it. I have no idea. Wow, what about contacting Brick Tower. I have not
1: at this point. Well, or uh, even since it was published out of Bantam Toronto, uh, you could potentially hit up their offices and see if it's in their archives too. That would I be could. kind of an interesting. That might be an interesting thing to look at as well. Yeah, but I won't. Uh, we're going to get. I want to. Talk about, I know I would need to know where I could go get the prints. And then also when can we have another coffee clutch conversation?
0: <laughs> uh, whenever you'd like. Uh, as long as I'm not working that day, I, I think uh, great. I'm ready to go. So, so uh, we need to we need to shop Ben Art. Right. It's 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 shopart. shop art benason.com um and just go to the secret photos um it's called uh, yeah it's called the, the secret photos and um pick out a photo and if there's any photos I don't have on there make a request and if it? I have the negative I'll have it scanned and put it on there um I've had a couple already that I've had to do that with so um mm. So that's, uh, that's it. As far as my prints are concerned, I make the prints, I ship them to you and I'll personally sign them. Awesome. Be my pleasure.
1: That is such a treat. Well, thank you for taking some time to visit with us today, Ben.
0: Thanks Karen.
1: And thank you so much for your support. That um, means a lot and your friendship, you and Betsy. It's just, um, and Joellen are very kind people and, We're grateful that you will sit and chat with us about The Secret and about your friend, Byron, um, and his family. And it's really special. And we can thank Byron for many rabbit holes
0: that he has sent us all on. You know, he Um, had a rabbit. (laughs) He had a rabbit when he was a kid for a very short time. I think his mother made him get rid of it. And he loved turtles, loved turtles. That's, that's for another day. Ugh. Oh, yes. yeah,
1: You got to save it because I still have a load of questions here. Okay. I have questions about other okay. books that you've done. Right. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more too about some of the things in the secret book. I know we haven't got to the, the baseball element and I want to mm-hmm. get back and talk about those things. So okay. let's do that in the next video in Great. a few weeks. Great. Sounds good. Awesome. Talk, talk to, to you. Today. Bye very on